Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. I have the honor of having Mr. Chase Tolson in the house. We got part two coming up. How are you doing, my brother? I'm fantastic, Austin. This is anytime I get to talk with you is an absolute joy. Yeah, man. We were just rapping beforehand about life and about other stuff. And, you know, for anybody that didn't listen to Chase's episode, you can go back and, and check it out. He's a fitness mindset coach, story work coach. So we'll we'll throw all that out the window. You can figure it out. But you know, um, you know, I'm just going to let you, what is, you know, I think I have, you know, the, the funny thing is I have a couple concepts always rolling around in my mind, but mm-hmm. maybe they're not ready for public or, you know, I haven't <laughs> totally formed the idea. What's rolling around your mind in the last month or two? Mm. That, uh, people, and especially, you know, in my target men, are scared and and talked out of leaning into their true power. And I, I talked about this, you know, most people have that friend in their life that, man, he should really go play gigs at bars, man. He would, he's so good in business, man. He's so good with art, dude. He's such a, he's so great. He's helped me with my fitness, but he works in, you know, uh, labors and he could, he could do great things in the fitness world. And if, for y'all listening to this, I'm sure somebody just came to mind like, yeah, this person, he's so good. He's helped me with this. You know what? That's you too. Y'all out there listening to this. You are that person in somebody's life that you are seen as an individual with a unique skill set. And if you don't know what that is, or if you don't believe them when they tell you, it's because you have, you have a story running in your head and it's likely not your fault. But we have, we have these stories and these narratives running into our head and they've been pumped into us since childhood. And especially men now, it's like to be a powerful man is abrasive. No, don't do that. Don't do big things in the world. That's going to scare people. Fuck that, dude. Lean into it. Grab life by the balls. Flip it on its fucking head. And handle your shit. And I think it all boils down to what what I think the bigger issue is, is that we've been taught that you can only do shit that makes you money. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and at the end of the day, like you could have a really successful job. You know, I'll, I'll use myself as a context. When I was at the end of my restaurant selling wine, cocktail program, like I wanted to take a wrought iron and stick it in my fucking eye. I was angry. I was upset. I was drinking heavily. I didn't want to be there. Everybody in the fucking world knew that I didn't want to be there. It wasn't like I was, you know, unfortunately, as my girlfriend would say, you don't hide your emotions very well. Like everybody knows how Austin's feeling. So, you know, and, and it probably got old, you know, and, but here's what happened. The moment I got my first Airbnb, I didn't give a fuck about work anymore because I was doing something outside of that. And that, that, that rope didn't feel like I was at the end. It felt like, oh, this is just work. This is a way to pay for another Airbnb. Boom. Boom. Yeah, boom. Exactly. You know, and to your point, 
when I was in the Navy working 16 hour days, it felt like work. I would go sneak off and take a nap under the deck plates in the engine room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck this. These guys want me to do what? And then I get out and I open a gym and I'm working 16 hour days and I'm lit up about it, you know, and in the last seven years, times have changed a bit and it's time to move on from the brick and mortar gym industry. And by the time this airs, I'm willing to bet that I have moved completely on, but Mm -hmm. that's just it. You know, guys will fight that gut feeling and any ladies listen to this too. Um, people fight this gut feeling, you know, and they'll fight it for, they'll fight it for many different reasons. Why, uh, you know, see, here's what I like to do. There's a conversation and there's words that you're saying out of your mouth. And then there's the way I interpret it. And that's, that's what I think is some of my special sauce and what you're actually saying when I have bills, I have a house, I've got cars. Is you're saying I don't want to lose what my social status says. That's what you're saying. You're Those, not step. You're not stepping into your true power because what is the community going to think? Yeah, those are all signs, right? Signs of status, signs of this, signs of that. And uh, Alan Watts quote from Alan Watts is: "We've become so wrapped up in the signs that we've lost touch with our senses." And when we get back to ourselves and back to our senses, you know, chapters change. And the old narrative of go work 60, 45, 50 years for a company and then retire. And maybe you have enough money squirreled away to enjoy yourself for 10 years before you're too decrepit to do anything. That's dead. Mm-hmm. If you know, I, I read something the other day that like uh, intermittent retirements are becoming a thing. Yes. Where people just go jobless for like six months and live mm-hmm. on their savings mm-hmm. and then take their next thing. And the more that we can lean into stuff like that, dude, dude that's power. Dude, I tell you what, I'm one year and I've already I've read this in a book. I, ha- I can't do it just yet because just some, some of where my coaching clients are, they need they need me. We're building companies, stuff like that. But I, I've heard from a lot of high level Europe coaches, because it's in the, it's built in the grain, you know, they'll say, listen, I'll coach from, you know, January to May, but from June to July 15th, I'm not coaching. And I think to myself, like, I haven't had a week off totally in a long time. Like how fresh would I be as a coach if I could get that space away, you know? And so I'm like, that's how I used to wait tables. True story. In Austin, it was March to June 1st was hot potato, baby. I could make like 30 K and then it would get die. And then from September to November, it would be hot. So I would literally work my face off, make like 30, 40 K and then disappear and work like a day a week or two days a week or not even work at all. And then I would come back fresh and ready to go again. Like we need to bring that back in society. Yeah. You know, and, and some people may hear that and go, Oh, well, you're just going to burnout and then going back. And my counter argument to that is, well, a lot of people spend their life on this slow burnout and how, okay, cool. What, what would you rather do? Like spend your life walking over gravel and sharp glass or walk over some coals so you can lay on a beach for a week. That isn't that the, isn't that the argument with like pure, just fitness, right? Like the, the question is, is like, you know, I've got two coaching clients who are ultra marathon runners and, you know, I find, I, I find that, uh, avocation to be mind numbingly crazy to me. And and what I mean by that is like, you are entering 
a world of straight up pain. Like, and you know it, like there's no, like, it's not like, Hey, there might be pain. It's not like you're, it's not like you're like on a, like a river raft trip and like, Oh my God, there's some rapids all of a sudden, like, you know what you're signed up for, like 50 miles running. I could do 50 miles on a bike standing on my head. Like that's yes. nothing, but they find so much peace in it because I think what you do is I think you run out the noise in your head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well said. I mean, if you're out there for 50, hundred miles, like dude, where else do you go? It's the macro scale of like, for my clients, I prescribe 45 minutes, solo deviceless walks. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with those due to mm -hmm. the enlifted circle. Mm -hmm. uh, and that the ultra marathon is like that on steroids, on steroids, on steroids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And, and so, and so the question is, is like, and I'm, you know, I'm just as guilty as the next person. That's why I get a massage. Like we are all just iPhones with a million apps open and no updates. That's all we are. Ooh, Austin Lenny with the quote of the week. <laughs> iPhones with a million apps open and no updates, dude. I'm, I'm using it. I'm taking that and running with it. Thank that you, is, uh, and you're right because we've got everything, all these stories running in the background. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we close the apps and give ourselves an update becomes, becomes the next question, right? Yeah. Well, the word is permission. Like, because here's the deal. When I coach somebody, perfect client this morning, she is lost. I mean, like we we're, we're down there, baby, like, and not in a bad way on drugs, just, just not living her life. And I said, listen, you right there inside of you, I can see the warrior that you are. I know she's in there. You just don't know how to find it. And I said, you know, that movie, uh, uh, hunger games. I was like, you are catching fire. Like you are that person. Find that motherfucker. Let's go down together and let's find her. And she wrote this long thing down and I changed the words and she's like, I am a badass. I am a fucking warrior. And she's, I was like, and I made her say it and breathe. And she's like, I was like, how do you feel? She's like, I feel it again for the first time. Yes. And what my, here's my thing I took away from Enlifted One. And uh, Lizanne said it about me. She said, I've never seen anybody do this. And I said that I know inside your story are the words that set you free. And I, this is greater than the soft talk. Inside, I can take your entire paragraph and I can pull out words from different sentences and I can put them together. Yep. And that's, that's life right there. Inside yes. the bullshit. And the layers of crap is all you need to connect with your inner soul. Yup. And, and you, you don't always see those pieces laid out until you have a guide. Mm -hmm. like, you know, if we're talking hero's journeys, Hey, plug hero's journey, me, Austin, do it. Do building it. men, go do it, go sign up. You know, you want to, uh, if we're talking hero's journey, every hero's journey has a guide, you know? So like, and when we were riffing before this call, you were not, you were talking about a couple of your mentors. I've had coaches throughout my life, like to move forward, there's, there's a guide somewhere. And so many guys out there are fighting this masculine urge to like, no, well, I'm a man. I can do it on my own. I don't need a map. I'll just get lost in the suburbs for three hours before I get to my sister-in-law's house. You know, like, mm -hmm. no, dude, just open your fucking iPhone, punch the map, punch the coordinates in. And then go there. There's, there's, and I, and I mean this wholeheartedly because it happened twice yesterday. There's no chance that any of my coaching clients that picked me to coach them 
we are working on the things that they thought they picked me for. Nope. <laughs> no chance. <Sure>. Everybody, <laughs> the same message has come from four different clients this week. We are nowhere, nowhere near where I thought we would be. Dude, you know how many times, because like my service and surprise, I'm going to bait and switch you a little bit. You'll get fitness. And also you'll likely say this on our first call because I've heard it numerous times. First call with clients. This is so much more than I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is, is what I tell them is I don't know. You don't need to know where we're going because I know where we're going and let the magic do its thing. And so like, perfect example, client, you know, I'm reading their five-year vision and I'm coaching her and her husband and I'm looking through it and I'm just dismissing everything that has to do with business. I mean, just literally don't even give a shit. Right. And they wrote their goals for me and it was all business related. And for like two months, I'm harping on one thing. Y'all both wrote that you want to have a baby. But yeah, it's nowhere in any of the talks that we're having. And so I kept bringing it up. I kept bringing it up. And I said, you're, you're giving too much to other people. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the last call, we got one more month left. And at the end of the call, she goes, look. I go, she goes, can I do this? And I go, yeah, whatever you want to do. And she goes, I'm taking all my goals that I wrote for you and I'm throwing them in the fucking trash. She goes, cause none of those things matter because you gave me back my life. Boom. Fucking mic drop right there. Like we're, we're, we're like 15, 16 minutes into recording. And, and like that's, that's already a golden nugget bigger than anything I've heard this week. And dude, you're so right. And to your point about like, you don't have to know where we're going. My dad flew for United, right? And he flew internationally. When you're going uh, to like China, a lot of people would think that you just fly across the ocean. So like without a guide or a trained pilot, you're going to try and just go on across the ocean. Guess what? It's going to take a lot longer. You might run out of gas. You know where, you know where they go? They go up and over the North Pole mm-hmm. because it's shorter. It's mm-hmm. scarier. There's nothing up there. Mm-hmm. So it pays to have a guide and have someone who knows what they're doing. Well, I just watched 14 peaks last night and he said, listen, when you go to Mount Everest, you're, you're not in charge anymore. The Sherpas are the ones in charge and you will listen to them and they run the mountain. And he's like, he's like, I'm just letting you know. He's like, he goes, I'm from Nepal too. I can do this without them. And he goes, it ain't happening. No. And so, and so many people, think I'm going to build a business. I'm, and a lot of y'all out there can build a business or get really fit. And, you know, I know that just in fitness and mindset stuff, I've spent 50 or 60 K in certifications. Mm-hmm. So like, by all means, you want to do it on your own. Cool. And I don't damn well that if I fly internationally, I want a pilot who's gone through pilot school. <laughs> what's that <laughs> joke about? What's that, what's that joke? Uh, what price am I going to pay for the surgeon that's doing his, you know, 7,000 surgery for the guy that's doing his first, you know, yep. exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like, it's like you, you never know you're in the presence of greatness until you run, you sit in a workshop with Mark England and you watch the guy say five words and everybody's crying. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> I mean, like in the, that's in the presence of your like, he hasn't even said anything. <laughs> and- On the Gun and Lifted podcast, episode one, we, we had a question at the end. Who's the best coach y'all ever had? And all three of us, Kimberly, Dave, and myself, Mark England. 
You know why Mark is so great? And I, I really, uh, I hope that they cut this part out so we can just send it to him. Um, but there, and, and maybe it's just me. I'm curious your, your feedback on this. Cause I was just talking to a person about this yesterday. When I'm at a show, when I'm at a, you know, when I worked in the music business, you know, everybody's there to see the band. I'm there to watch the fiddle player. You know, I want to see the fiddle player and how he moves and how he interacts with the crowd. When I go to a mar- workshop that Mark says, like, I'm not, yeah, I'm listening to the words, but I'm also seeing his mannerisms and how he holds the space for the room. And I told him after that, I said, dude, this is an art form. You have created fucking art here. And there is so much trial and error. And there's so much like, and even me, like if you, like, I just got off a call today with people that are going to streamline just like the the onboarding process for my clients and tech automation and stuff like that. And it's like, if you would have came to me like a year and a half ago and you would have said like, oh, like, like we need to do that. I'd be like, no, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. But now we've entered a space where, you know, I've been on, you know, 20 coaching calls a month, a week for, you know, two years now, like yeah we're in the fire. Like the fire has been lit. I've been standing inside of it. There's no space that I'm entering where I'm uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean I have all the skills necessary because even me, like I think that in my coaching style, the only thing that's missing that I will continue to work on is the dynamic of coaching them when I'm not on zoom with them. Mm. That's the next iteration for me. What what does that look like for you? I'm curious. I've seen it from a corporate level and it's like worksheets and kind of like, and, and basically we're going to do that with the book I'm creating, which I think that'll be an interesting conversation offline to tell you how we're going to do that, which is going to be out of the box. But, 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 but the question remains on, on multiple levels is, is, is Mike DeSanti said this to me and I can't get it out of my fucking brain is how do we create the second circle? of impact. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You're coaching your clients and you're impacting them, but they're out there impacting them, somebody else. And so the question is, is a lot of my guys want to be coaches. So now we've entered a different realm where now I have to teach them the business of coaching, which is an entirely different conversation. (laughs) Right. So there's, but, but, but I think, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on your clients. It's like, I feel like I'm uh, Lewis and Clark. I feel like I'm out there trying the new tech, doing the new podcast stuff, you know, uh, choosing the new styles. And then I'm turning back and going, okay, guys, do this. Don't do this. I'm going to save you some money. Boom. That's what I feel like I have turned into basically. I I was uh, cohort two in uh, a business that does fantastic things for uh, the gym industry and how to coach people, how to get them out of pain. I was in cohort two there. I was in group nine uh, and in lifted level one. Um, So I was one of the first 90 level one coaches. There's over 200 now, you know, like, yeah, cutting edge. I show me something new and I'll jump. And then when we take that stuff to your point about being Lewis and Clark, you take all this stuff where you were in the front end of it and then you can meld it and create your own system. Dude, that's it. I mean, that's how we uniquely change lives. And there's so many motherfuckers out there taking this copy and paste and giving it to their clients and calling it coaching. And I've, I've, I've been a part of it from, I, I've had it. I've had it served up to me. Coaches who like, hey, we're going to help you build an online business. And it's, it's not coaching. It's a you bunch know, of plays. 
it what it says what it looks to me in my head and in my in my brain when i see that it's a skeleton yes there's no skin there's no soul there's no heart there's no nothing and i tell dude so you know me i can't hold anything back i love and it so we we get on this call with this company and she was like what do you think of our website i was like it's the biggest piece of shit i've ever seen in my life and she's like why and i was like because it has no soul your, your your website has nothing and she goes i know and i go okay well that's why look i'm not per se a marketer right but i help people market and tell their story but what i do know is people and you know how many people i've met that are amazing at building algorithms and amazing at building websites but they have no front client facing experience whatsoever and their software looks cold uh not functional for a human and i'm saying to them like that's why you need me to understand the experience when you're an airbnb host you go and stay in your airbnb and you say okay from a point of view this doesn't work this does work great because i'm telling you right now i can go in and i, I, I true story i could go in and clean that property 60 times but until i stay in it for a night I won't pick up the three things I missed. Ooh, right there. That's, that's next level, you know? And, and I see the same thing with fitness coaches that know all the science, you know, here's, you know, this loading and this dosage and this volume and this and that, and they don't know people. And it's the same thing. They know all the, the fitness algorithms. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to connect with people. And they don't know what's how to, how to address what's really going on between the ears because surprise fitness. Most people just want to feel how they think fit people feel. And there's a lot of really fucking unhappy fit people out there. Oh yeah. Just, just broken in half yes. yeah, internally. You know, and what's interesting is everybody asks me all the time, like, what do you, they ask me all the time. Like, I, I want to tell you this concept because you probably never heard this either. Cause I had a client ask me and I never had anybody ask me. They were like, what do you read? And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting question. And I'll serve it up to you like I've never done before. I read books for y'all and I read books for me. Mm. And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? And I'm like, well, all my books are centered around how to sell companies, private equity, you know, leadership. And, and then I read books on habit forming, you know, new real estate stuff. That's for y'all. But what's interesting is they asked me, if you could just learn one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Communication. Oh, what, oh, communication. Because yeah. communication is wrapped in influence, wrapped in leadership, wrapped in everything. And, 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 and like, if I'm calling myself out, the people closest to me, I, I could do better there. Like, cause there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of unwanted expectations inside my soul. It, yeah. It's interesting, right? As a coach, how well we can communicate with clients and then we get down to the people closest to us. And like for me, and I, I won't project this onto you. I do know I've talked to other coaches though. Uh, for me, I can communicate so well with my clients. And then I get down to like my family, my close friends. And it's like, well, I don't want to push coaching straight onto them. Well, I'm going to hold back a little bit here. And next thing you know, your fucking clients almost, almost know you better than like your good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think also this is something that I think I've made peace with in the last 24 hours because I was talking to an ex-client and a, and a friend of mine who we do some business together with. And he said he went to a conference 
And he's not a heavy drinker, but he was drinking with everybody, hanging out, networking and stuff. And he said, I don't want to do that. And, and I, and I go elaborate. And he goes, dude, I've got three kids. We're, we're trying to build up to my future right now. We've got a lot of big stuff going on. He goes, I just want to build. And so I think to be honest with you, I think I'm a bad friend right now. Cause I just don't give a shit. Like right now it's a, like I fucked up my life, not fucked it up, but I was drunk for most of my life and out of shape and I am healthy. I'm happy. And shit is popping the fuck off and I am in empire mode. And so like, I'm not a good, but I've, but I've never admitted it to myself completely that like that is the sole focus right now. And I think, I think I just need to make peace with it. Yeah. And and so for me and this, thanks for bringing that up because it it sparks what's been this divide for me for the last two and a half weeks. Cause my 27 year old brother passed completely unexpectedly out of the blue perfectly healthy kid, just boom, gone. And I met his, well, even before the celebration of life, a couple of his buddies, our buddies are sharing a video they made in Michigan for the 4th of July. I wasn't there because I was running a gym. There's a picture from his 25th birthday on the picture boards at his memorial service. Guess what? Chase wasn't there because it was a Sunday afternoon. We had to get home and be ready to work early in the morning. Mm -hmm. So there's, like I get empire mode and I'm, I'm still very comfortable with the decisions I made because they brought me to where I am now mm-hmm. and moving forward. I am, I am shining lights in the darkness to find my balance, to find a way to be this fucking gangster that y'all know me as like, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to continue changing lives. And also I'm going to build as many memories as possible. Hundred, because- hundred, hundred. You know, it's the same thing. My co-host, my other co-host, has said. He said, "Work-life balance is the biggest load of horseshit they've ever dumped on people in your life." He said, "What you're looking for is control work-life balance." Yes. And, and and here's the deal: from Monday to Wednesday, stay the fuck out of my way, dude. I'm a Mack truck. Like meetings, meetings, business, business. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, you can catch me. <laughs> you can catch me in the woods. You can catch me grabbing coffee in the morning. Like I've made a decision that that's what I'm going to do. And as my coach said, he said, physically, you made the decision. Mentally, you haven't caught up with it yet. Mm, and that was the thing. That was the thing that really got me, messed me up. And oh, I was like, man. no, you're right. But but he goes, but now you know. And now so you know. now we know. And so it's, it's an everyday process. You know, one of the things that cracks me up the most, and I think is the funniest fucking question I get in my life, especially people that are in recovery that I coach. Well, I mean, you never feel bad. You always want to do it. You don't have limiting beliefs. And I go "Eh," every fucking day. Today was a perfect morning. It's 10 degrees outside. I had some uh, private conversations with myself in my head before I fucking, you know, I had, maybe I had to throw on some EDM music to fucking get me going, you know, like, and, but guess what? After the first step, we were out there, baby. Yo, I opted to sleep in this morning because it's been a rough two and a half weeks. Last night was the first night that my wife and I ate dinner at our house, as opposed to spending time with my parents and doing all that. And you want to talk about shit, self-talk when my phone started ringing and I, and I didn't have our, our other podcast on the calendar for this morning. Austin Lenny is calling. And I'm like, oh, shit. And dude, I was walking in here to my office like, you piece of shit. You dumb mother. <laughs> like, it was, it happens. Yo, 
I teach people how not to do that. And I still do it. The difference is that I can catch it. I do. Well, yeah. The difference is, is that we don't attach ourselves to it. Yeah. That was better way to say that. Yes. Because, because, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz uh, wrote a great book called the five levels of attachment. And he talks about how, you know, attachments like a soccer field, you know, you're at a soccer stadium, but you're watching the game, but you're not really paying attention. But then like the rabid fan is like the one that who's like crazy attached, you know, mm-hmm. and he's wearing the Jersey and all this shit. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, but, but I think the bigger part of the attachment piece is, is not attachment to, to this, you know, I just read this book called the gap in the game. And it's like, this this search and expectation on our uh our ideal self and and we're living our life off of that and we're always going to fall short of that human always because if you're if you don't then what's life for and then the second thing is is by changing the frame and saying yeah but like two years ago, I was 70 pounds overweight and I didn't have a podcast and I was still waiting tables and I was still bartending. Like I would give everything up to be having this conversation with you right now, but I'm not finding any joy from that because I'm just focused on the next fucking conquer, you know? Right. Yeah, dude. I, I'm right there with you. Like two years ago, I didn't have people reaching out like, cause my podcast is intermittently published. It's a side thing. I still do all my editing, which I need to start reaching out and getting some references for editing and publishing. And aside from that, like I have people reaching out asking to be on my podcast, you know, and and I'm still sitting here like, well, I got to be better with this and better with that. I have people call my podcast a badass show. Like, cool. Let's focus on that. Yeah. I interviewed a guy. He was my white whale in my first hundred episodes. And I knew I could get them through my mentor, but I said, no, you know what? I'm going to go do this myself. Like I'm going to do this myself. And uh, he sold his company for $4.5 billion. He's a fucking, he's a savage. He's the king of creative uh, category marketing. He's two best podcasts in the country. He is a trip. He drinks whiskey 24 seven and cusses at everybody. He calls Grant Cardone and Gary V hustle porn stars. And he fucking hates their guts. It's the funniest <laughs> shit you ever heard in your life. And, uh, I asked him flat out. I was like, Hey, I want, you're my number one guest, but I knew that you only respect hustle and results. And I wanted to have a hundred episodes in the books before I asked you. And he said, that's the best fucking thing I ever heard. Let's do this. And I was like, you know, but like, that's not what people are doing when it comes to relationships. They're asking for the shit before. So what I call that is social capital. So Mm. there are relationships that I'm setting up for three to five years from now. I don't need anything from you. See, what, what can I do for you? I'm good. Well, I know, but you did so much for me. I know. And that tank, (laughs) that tank is full as fuck. And so when I make one text and I say, hey, Frank. You're the best wholesaler in the country and my client's learning to wholesale. Can you get on the phone with them for 45 minutes? Well, I normally charge 2000 an hour, but for you, I'll do it for free. Sounds good. Thank you. That's, that's the game. I love that. That's, and, and, and to, you know, I got crystal balls and a fucking crystal pyramid and a salt lamp behind me. And so I'm going to take the hippie side of it real quick. Energy. Like quantum physics says that it's all energy. We're all just vibrating energy packets. And those those quantum packets can communicate through space and time. Mm -hmm. So all of that 
hey, dad, these favors that you have in your silo, that's energy. That's good energy that you put out to people and it's rolling around out there. And when you call it back to you, that's power. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, man, I read a book that I think you would get uh, a trip out of. And it was, uh, my girlfriend sent me on this path and I'm already like, my mind is like off of its rocker, but it's called the emotion code. And this guy is a doctor who has done work with Tony Robbins. And he found out that you can hold uh, like 12 uh, family members deep uh, emotional, uh, you know, is that Mark Wolin. I don't think so. It's called the emotion code, but he's basically saying that you can hold uh, trans, you know, uh, you can hold like uh, generational fucking trapped negative emotions, right? Generational trauma is a real thing and it stores in DNA. And then you could even have a a, a scary birth and you can have unconscious trauma held. And he had this woman who had 40, dude, he had 45 years old and she was having hand tremors for 10 years and nobody could figure out what was going wrong. You ready for it? You know, the lion at the beginning of the movies, mm-hmm. she got scared of that when she was a kid. And that's what she was holding on to. Dude, Mark Wolin, he does work with generational trauma. He was on Paul Check's podcast, Living 4D. And he tells a story on there about one of his first times diving into generational stuff. And this girl was holding on to a trauma from her grandmother that she had never even really met. It's just that it got passed down through her dad to her and it's imprinted in her DNA. And until you address that, and there's some, some people listening to this that are like, I'm out. This guy's dude, got, I know hundred people. Uh, dude, look, look, I try to keep it like, I try to keep it like somewhat center, yeah. but I'm telling you right now in, in the simplest way I can show you that this matters guys, this is the simplest way. I'll, I'll, yeah. This is the way that got me into this stuff to even try it. We were watching a thing about water and they had three waters and one wrote love one wrote like smile and then one wrote like hate or like a fucking nasty word. And they came back to that water 24 hours. They have rice in it. And the one that said, hate the rice was fermented and it had gone rancid. Dude, dude, it's all over. There's a, I forget his name, a Japanese doctor that did work with water. There, there have been experiments about talking to plants. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going down the abracadabra and lifted <laughs> thing. And words and sound is energy. If everything is vibration and everything is energy, sound is vibration. Ipso facto, sound can create your reality and the words you use and the inflection in which you use them and the emotion behind them. Because you can't be some nasty, bitter, angry person and and stay there and be like, oh, I'm happy. Mm, no, I don't believe you. And the world doesn't believe you either. The plants and the water don't believe you. Well, so. well the plant in my office uh, when we were in Austin grew like 10 times because of all the talk and the excitement and the knowledge that was, dude, I'm telling you, like, that's when I started, like, I'm like, all right, I'm in like hundred yep. percent. Like this it, it's crazy. Right. And so, you know, Ryan Sprague said this on my podcast and correct me. Cause I always get it wrong, but he said, you know, when we started out as a society, you know, we were a lot like, you know, the Incas and the Egyptian people were very into nature and sun and mind. And that was the, what side of the brain is that? Which one is that? He always tells me, but I forget. I, but, but, yeah, he, but basically that's one side of the brain and the other side of the brain is logic. And he said, the yeah. problem is, is that as a society, we're going straight to the logic side. Yeah. Right we now. went all left brain and that right brain is, 
And another way that Ryan was one of the first people I heard this say this really well is a lot of people are doing and they forget that they are human beings and they need hundred percent. We, we, we're machines now. Mm. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to meditate for an hour. Like, look at me, look at all the books I read, fucking blah, blah, blah. And like, the thing is, is like, what you don't understand is I'm not reading all the books and listening to them to get every single word out of them. But I'd rather have that in my head than crap. But I'm also something's going to hit me like and I'm not here to judge what it is like that one sentence, that one phrase like that one thing. And to be honest with you, I might not even know it per se. It might hit subconsciously. And then I pull it out like, you know, in a meeting six months from now. You know how long I felt like a like subpar because people would be like, yeah, I heard this in this book by this author. And I was like. I can't recall things from certain books and I know what I do is I get done with them and I integrate them into my life and I carry that knowledge forward. So do you want to be a Rolodex or do you want to be an example of what you've learned? Mm. Well, my, uh, one of my mentors says this perfectly. Like does your audio match your video? Ooh, that <laughs> as long as we're on quotes and audio and video, Paul Chekhov and says, uh, never trust someone whose TV is bigger than their bookshelf. Love it. And then, and then his next one is make your ceiling, your new floor. Yes. Well, that's, uh, you know, I don't fail. I start over at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, look, dude, you've never, <laughs> you haven't lived until you pulled the rip cord and lost $26,000 just like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you haven't walked away from a business and said, you know what? I'm going to sign this piece of paper that says, I am burning $26,000, but as I got some distance from it and my friend said this to me, he goes, Hey, did you go to college? No, I dropped out three times. Do you have a master's degree? No. He goes, well, you just went to business school of life. You'll be fine. And then, and and then, and then the next thing was, is those two guys were the reason I got sober. So I'll write that check over and over and over again. Fuck yes. And that that's a great analogy because in the last seven, the, my gym, like, yeah, I didn't go to college. I was a fitness coach that wanted to wanted to work out and build, help people. And I, I will own this 100%. I was one of the plethora of coaches that didn't realize that he was going to have to run a business. Guess what? Last seven and a half years, I have had much more than seven and a half years worth of schooling education. And how to run a business and how to market and relationships and communication and all that jazz. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a hit when I close the gym compared to the original investment. Yeah. Because at the, at the end of the day, you're not even, you're, you don't even have a gym. You have a ideal version of a gym. And what, let me, let me back unpack that for you. Meaning that a gym is a living, breathing organism that at the end of the day, to be honest with you, you have no control over it, right? And what you're selling is a version of themselves that they aren't currently. So not only do you have to create the space necessary for them to enjoy themselves and feel comfortable, you also have to uh, illuminate who they think they need to be. Like what, what, what what a labyrinth of emotions and aesthetics and marketing, right? Yeah. And it's a lot easier to create the space for them to become who they need to be without the physical location. Because in the gym scene, people are like, 
well, this is where I go sweat and like just work off all my unhappy stuff. And then I go home and then everything comes back, but that's all right. Cause I'll be back here for the hour tomorrow. He's like, mm, no, we're going to do some other things. And people are so resistant to that in person. Like, but I just, I just wanted to get biceps like you. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you. Like the, and, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly, like the, I would venture to guess, and I'm not even in the gym space. I would venture to guess that if I walked into a gym right now, no matter where it's at, let's say Reno, Nevada, which is the closest, that 87% of the people in there are working out wrong. Yes. And physically and mentally wrong. 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, my, my age old quote that they, they may be using the gym the same way an alcoholic uses a bottle of tequila, which better the gym than the tequila. Yeah. And they're also likely going about the physical part wrong because, you know, YouTube and Instagram have sensationalized certain things. <sighs> yeah, that's the next front. I think I feel like that's the next thing that people are starting to wake up to. Mm. And I feel like, you know, and I, and I have no problem saying this, like I no problem saying this because I, I biked 78 miles before I've done races. I've yeah, 75 hard for 150 days. The hardest workout I've ever done in my entire life was a 5 a.m. Pilates in San Diego. And the instructor said it was my first time ever. And it was like, it was this different type of Pilates, this really hard one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. And she goes, I'm not going to lie to you. When you walked in, no chance. And she goes, you really did good. But I was like dying for like three days afterwards, sweating. My body was shaking. It was crazy to me. It's people underestimate things that aren't heavy barbells or high intensity. Go get a score, go get your splat points. You know, it's yeah. The basics work. They had it right in the nineties, mm -hmm. lift some weights, go for a walk and eat like a fucking adult. Done. Perfect. Out. So if people want to find out about uh, the pro podcast and what you got going on, how would they do that? At coach underscore chase underscore tollison on instagram chase tollison.com and also on instagram primal man pathway has uh, all the podcast episodes and some more stuff about the signature 12-week online program where yeah you'll get shredded and you'll get your abs and also you'll actually finally be comfortable with who you are mm, i love it guys and if you want to check both chase and i out in person we got the hero's journey happening in late uh, April. So shoot me a DM, look at my link tree. And if you got some value from this, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one -on -one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.